our two weeks of fall are just about over now, as all the leaves are almost off the trees. But if you've had the chance to go out, it's been rather beautiful in the valley by Stony Creek with all the yellows and reds and oranges on the tree before they fall. But as I was walking this week, I was thinking about this gospel, asking myself, what makes a tree good? Right? There's beauty in the yellows and the oranges and the reds, so that's good. So does a tree stop being good when there's no more leaves, when it goes dormant for the winter? Okay, so then does it reclaim its goodness when buds start to come back in the springtime and we see signs of life again? Or is its goodness only when it's full of leaves and at its full capacity and giving everything that it has to give? What makes a tree good? Tree's good because it exists. Tree's good because it was created by God and it is part of the fullness of God's creation. It doesn't matter if it has green leaves or yellow leaves or buds of a leaf or no leaves at all. The tree is good. Today in the gospel, when the man, the rich man, comes up to Jesus and asks him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Before Jesus even addresses the question of how do you inherit eternal life, he first addresses the young man calling him good teacher. He says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. And then he gives him some commandments. He says, you know what they are. You shall not kill or commit adultery or steal or covet and honor your mother and father. The rich man goes, yeah, I know that. I've done all those things since my youth. So why doesn't Jesus say, kingdom of heaven is yours? Instead, he tells him, go and sell all that you possess. And he goes away grieving. One of my pet peeves, I try not to include these in homilies too often, is when people try to make a case to me as a priest that they're a good person. What does that even mean? What does it mean to be a good person? Am I good if I never do anything really bad? Whatever really bad means. Am I a good person if I outdo the bad in my life by doing more good than bad? Does that make me a good person? Am I a good person if I'm involved in good things? No, that I give to charity or that I volunteer some of my time here, does, does that make me a good person? Am I a good person if I'm just, I'm never a burden to others. I look after myself and make sure that my needs are cared for and I never ask anything from anybody else. That makes me a, a good person. What is a good person? It's like this definition of what it means to be good that is fluid and nondescript and really what we're doing is we're trying to appease our own conscience and our own soul that I've done enough. Well, that's wrapped up in the same idea that a tree would only be good if it was full of leaves all the time. And then it stopped being good when it lost its leaves. Being a good, a good person, according to that definition, 
would be the equivalent of a father who was devoted to his family, brought his wife flowers weekly, told her he loved her every day, had a job that provided for every one of his family's needs and worked tirelessly to do it, helped clean the house and do the chores. But he was so preoccupied with all those things that he never sat down with his wife and children and just wasted time with them. Being a good person in this way would be like a teammate on a sports team who was the first to practice and the last one to leave, who always worked hard at every game, who was very coachable and always ready to learn and stuck up for his teammates in the middle of a game, but when the game was over, he was nowhere to be found and never spent any time with his teammates outside of whatever sport they were playing together. When Jesus addresses the rich man, did you notice which commandments were missing? There are three commandments that Jesus does not mention to the rich man. It's the first three. You shall have no other gods before me. Keep the Sabbath day holy and don't use the name of the Lord in vain. When Jesus tells him to go and sell all that he possesses, it's addressing that need in the rich man's life. Jesus is telling him, yes, you've done good, but where's God? Where's God in your life? Was God the source of those good things in your life? And he can't do it because he's more attached to his possessions than his love of God. So what good comes from the good things that he's done? Because what you probably don't often talk about or hear from other people is it's actually possible to do good things that are not really that good. Right? If I'm trying to do good all the time to the point where I exhaust myself or I become resentful for all of the service that I do for others, what good is that? If I do good when it's really only serving my ego or looking for the praise and acknowledgement of others, what good is that? If I'm doing good at the expense of others, where I'm trying to do good things, but I never take into consideration the people that I'm doing good for, what good is that? If I'm doing good at the exclusion of others, that I do good things, but I don't allow other people to participate and share in those good works. What good is that? And if I do a good thing that actually doesn't lead to a good end, what good is that? See, the problem with trying to self-identify as a good person is it's, it's wrapped up in me. It's wrapped up in my perception of the world and my perception of myself. And it's easy enough to go astray if that's what we cling to and that's what we hold on to. And that's why Jesus today says, go, sell all that you have so that you can follow me. So that your good things bear good fruit. The good fruit of eternal life. Because one of the temptations that we have in our Catholic life is being overly moralistic about how we try to be Catholic 
and Christian. Right? So that I try to, I'm always focused on doing the right thing. And is that part of our Christian life? Absolutely. But is that the first thing that we're supposed to worry about? Not. If it was what we were worried about, we would never baptize infants. We baptize infants because the first thing, the first good thing about being Christian is to be a son or a daughter of God. That's our starting point. And how often do we pause to reflect on the truth, the reality, and the goodness of being a son or daughter of God? Then from that, we do good in the world. From that truth, from that knowledge that I am a beloved son, a beloved daughter of God, then I serve others. But if we forget that, if we forget that it's from that truth that we receive the grace to do those good works, what are we living? We're doing good things, but are we Christian? Right? There's lots of non-Christians that do good things. Because what gets wrapped up in that is without God, there's the temptation of becoming scrupulous. Being so focused on what's right and wrong without God makes me focused on things rather than God. Or what happens if we become overly moralistic in the way that we live our Christian life is it becomes a set of teachings that when people are shown it, they can take it or leave it. Right? If these teachings don't really fit with what I know and what I understand, I'll just choose these ones over here instead because they have no root. They have no foundation. Or we get wrapped up in this idea of reward and punishment. I do good things, I get rewarded. I do bad things, I get punished. None of those is what God wants for us. We have to continually come back to the truth. I am a beloved son. I am a beloved daughter. Which is why every time that you come into the church, you bless yourself with holy water to remind yourself of the goodness of your baptism and the gift that is present there. We prayed it in our opening prayer today. We said, may your grace, O Lord, we pray, at all times go before us and come after us and make us always determined to carry out good works. But without grace, can we really do good? Because Jesus says today, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle and for us to do enough good to earn heaven. Then who can be saved? For us, it is impossible. It is impossible to do the good that is required to attain eternal life. But with God, all things are possible. So how do we make room for God in our life? The rich man was asked to give away his possessions to make room for God in his life. So where do we need to make space for God? Because that's the beginning and the end of our Christian life. Our relationship with God as sons or daughters.